The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 175, which I'm calling Stolen Valor. Now, you might ask why I'm using that title. Well, it will become apparent to you in the rant section. So what am I waiting for? Let's get on with it. As usual, I'm starting off with some tech news. Are you eager to get your hands on a generative AI system for your office suite? No. Well, if you are, good old Microsoft has a deal for you. According to a report from CNBC, you can add ChatGPT under the guise of something called Copilot for the monthly price of $30. Copilot works with all Microsoft 365 apps with the capabilities of ranking the importance of incoming emails, summarizing meetings, analyzing spreadsheet data, offer writing prompts, and design presentations. Now, obviously, this is aimed at the business sector, and Copilot's announcement caused Microsoft stock to increase by almost 6%. I suppose this will help businesses save money by eliminating even more employees than they already have. Hey, remember the Chinese Communist Party's industrial crown jewel? Well, I guess you can call them the former crown jewel now. Yeah, I'm talking about Huawei under the leadership of dear Uncle Ren, former People's Army's bigwig and darling of the party. Well, we all know what happened. Western countries discovered that networking equipment from Huawei, besides having garbage basic security, had back doors and reported data traffic back to who knows who in China. And my guess would be the Ministry of State Security as the recipient of all that data. Anyway, an embargo was put together causing the removal of Huawei equipment from multiple nations' cellular networks and the restriction of Western tech and, most importantly, chips was imposed on the company. Ironically, Huawei had just passed Samsung as the number one phone manufacturer in the world, and these actions caused the company to lose that crown and most of Huawei's external market share. Well, since then, Huawei has been limited to making 4G phones, and that is until now. According to a report from CNET, Huawei will start making 5G phones using locally made processors. I'd guess that's referring to modems going forward. This development won't do much to increase Huawei's sales outside of China because as part of the embargo, the company can't load crucial services like Google Play Store or Gmail on their hardware. Currently, Huawei phones run a stripped-down version of the Android operating system with their own homebrewed app store and services. All I can say is, good luck, bro. You know, that's an insider joke that no one but a few, I mean, very few ex-co-workers would get. Well, according to reports, which have been all over the intertubes this week, it looks like the Twitter competitor, Meta's Threads, has seen a decline in users as well as having a low user engagement metric. I covered some of the things that seasoned users of Twitter don't like about Threads, so I guess this is having an effect. Meta has envisioned Threads as an extension of Instagram, where I'm sure most of those 100 million users came over from. When the dust settles, I'm sure most will be sticking with Twitter, no matter how much hate the app and its owner is getting from the tech press. 
My advice? Use social media sparingly. Trust me, you'll feel much better. Yes. You know, the one thing the Mighty Fruit Company doesn't have is a generative AI client. Well, according to Bloomberg.com, Apple is working hard to catch up and is already testing their own version of an AI chatbot internally. Reports say that Apple's version will be similar to OpenAI's model. OpenAI's model is what powers Microsoft's ChatGPT, if you didn't know. Supposedly, Apple's AI client will be announced sometime in 2024. Apple professes to be all about privacy, so I don't see whatever they come up with challenging Microsoft's ChatGPT or Google's Bard's AI clients, which are both powered by sucking the data from any source they encounter. Without doing that data vacuuming, Apple's take on the AI will most likely be the Siri of AI clients, meaning it will be useless. <laughs> hey, Tim Apple. China. Is the 24-inch iMac getting a chip upgrade this autumn or not? Last week, I read an article which stated an upgraded 24-inch iMac wasn't due until the second half of 2024. Well, this week, AppleInsider.com is reporting that an M3-chipped 24-inch iMac is due in October. Well, which is it? Inquiring minds want to know. The YouTube channel, formerly known as Front Page Tech, since renamed FPT, is reporting that the iPhone 15 Pro models won't be available until October of this year, though they will be announced in September as usual. Normally, all models of the phone are available within a week of the annual announcement. Is there trouble over in the workers' paradise? China! Seems to me that perhaps it's time to diversify the old manufacturing base like they used to do in the olden days. This way, you can avoid product release disruptions. But hey, what do I know? I'm just an old, undereducated guy with a pretty nice microphone. <laughs> And finally, the old ninth generation of Apple's iPad is selling for the bargain basement price of $250 on Amazon.com currently. The old workhorse normally goes for $279. This is a great deal, and if you want to get into the Apple ecosystem or add a tablet to your tech repertoire, you can do no worse than picking up one of these tablets. Accessories for this model of iPad are dirt cheap, and in my opinion, this machine is top-notch for consuming content. I plan on getting something like this for my grandchildren when they're old enough, combined with a keyboard case. The old basic iPad will do just about anything a laptop will do at a way cheaper cost. Tech I'm Using Last episode, I told you I took the plunge and downloaded all the beta software Apple has publicly available for all their devices I own. I've done the same in the past, and I never ran into any major bugs. Well, unfortunately, that streak has come to an end. The iOS 17 beta for my iPhone 13, Poor Persons Edition, has two major bugs. The first and most important bug, at least to me, is that CarPlay no longer plays back podcasts no matter what player I use. Listening to podcasts is my main listening source while driving. The other major bug is that while texting, the part on the screen that displays what you are writing disappears along with the send button. I have to exit the conversation and then re-enter it for it to reappear. It's a real pain in the butt. Also, incoming text message notifications have become intermittent, and this goes for the Apple Watch too. Speaking of which, I just don't care for the new user interface on the watch. It seems to me that actions that require just two steps to complete take three steps now. Oh, and for some reason, my lovely wife's contact has split in two, and iOS will not let me delete one of them. It's either both or none. 
Sometimes texts come into one of our contact files, and sometimes our texts will go to the other one. As you can imagine, it quickly gets confusing. The iOS email client has glitches, too. The client will alert you to an email, but the email itself won't show up until later. Hopefully, an update will be coming soon that will address these issues. Another thing I previously discussed was the cancellation of my subscription to the Peloton digital app. I'm now using the free version of the app, and it surprisingly has all I need sans access to instructor-led classes. You can use two pre-picked classes per month, and I took one of those offerings yesterday. So far, there are no ads to deal with, but I think that will probably change in the near future. I've been using the app's standard tracking capability in lieu of the classes for a few months now anyway, and that feature is included in the free version of the app. So why pay for it? Well, I've discussed the trials and tribulations of my 2015 iMac previously, and with no replacement machine on the horizon, I've decided to try and do something about the situation. What I decided to do is get one of those disk cleanup apps. I narrowed my choice down to two, the fan-favorite Clean My Mac app and its closest competitor, Avast Cleanup. The only feature difference between the two is that the Clean My Mac app has a malware detector, something I really don't need. I decided to use the 30-day free trial of Vast Clean. The app has managed to find and delete over 30 gigs of data that was no longer needed. Duplicate files, photos, unused apps, and other items that were clogging up my old mechanical hard drive. I've noticed a slight increase in speed, and things do seem to be running a little bit more smoothly. Will I subscribe to Avis Clean? Probably not. Hopefully this disk clean up ties me over until I can replace the old iMac. Entertainment news. Well, it's not much to report this week. Just see now normal big budgeted flops. Something has to give here. These studios can't be sustaining the loss of millions of dollars per release indefinitely. With the current writers and actors strike, which will delay or outright stop production, the studios might get some breathing room to figure out what they can do to turn it all around. I'll give them a hint. How about producing entertaining movies featuring good writing and a good story instead of the virtue-signaling political lectures they're cranking out now. Podcast news. The writers and actors' strike doesn't just affect the movie and television industry. It's also affecting the podcast industry. Podcasting Incorporated's big-money scripted shows are filling the hit also. Besides the scriptwriters, the celebrity hosts and voiceover artists are forbidden to work on podcasts. These types of shows were already hurting due to shrinking advertising revenues and audience numbers, so the strike might signal the end of some of these highly financed podcasts. It all depends on how long these strikes last, I guess. The bright side of this is that the independent shows out there can make some gains, and that's good for them and podcast listeners, in my opinion. Many Canadian podcasts are being censored by Meta and Google platforms because of the new law in that country which requires those platforms to pay news outlets for the use of their content. That didn't go like they thought it would, though. Big tech is just not going to do that because it's not in their interest. They've tried to pass a similar law in the U.S. to no avail. That version of the law would have created a mainstream media big tech cabal that would have shut out many news outlets that offer a different opinion than those corporate scripted media types. I feel bad for Canadian podcast listeners and podcasts in general. 
Audio Boom, a UK-based audio producer and distributor, has reported a year-on-year 23% drop in revenue. Again, this is caused by a drop in ad revenue and podcast listeners. The writers and actors strike will probably have an effect on the company's bottom line also, probably starting in the next quarter. One of my favorite podcasts, the No Sleep Podcast, was just acquired by Audio Boom, so I hope they're going to be okay. Most of the writers and voiceover artists on that show are probably on the shelf now because of the writers and actors strike. This will affect the next season of the podcast. As I've stated before, we'll probably be seeing more layoffs, more consolidations, and more podcasts going extinct as Podcasting Incorporated contracts. Interesting times we live in. Time for a rant. Lately, I've been watching a YouTube channel named Don Shipley, former Buds 131. Mr. Shipley is a retired Navy SEAL who verifies if people who claim to be SEALs are actually what they say they are. He does so by accessing a database of SEAL Buds and UDT training graduates that goes back to 1943. This database is only accessible by him and a few other former SEALs. He also gets a hold of the claimant's DD-214, which is the form the military gives you when you are discharged or retire. The form will list when you were separated, what places you served in, what jobs you held, what training you received, and what rank you were when you were discharged, amongst other things. On a really bad case, Mr. Shipley confronts the imposter, usually via phone call, and you can imagine how cringy it can get. Some of these frauds are in high positions within the Veterans of Foreign Wars and American Legion posts, and... Mr. Shipley will contact those organizations upon discovery. Most of these imposters have actually served in the military, but uh, for some reason they embellish their service by claiming they were SEALs. The cases that I find most upsetting are those seeking fake DD Form 214s. When these mopes Google fake DD Form 214, Mr. Shipley's website and contact information comes up because the description of the website contains the term fake DD Form 214s because he verifies those too. While stolen valor has been decriminalized, fake military discharge paperwork is still a federal offense. A lot of these jerks seeking these forgeries just want to be able to take advantage of various military discounts, but some want to file for veterans' benefits through the Veterans Administration, such as free medical care and disability payments. You know, if there's money to be made, the criminal element will sure to follow. The fake claims of military service dilutes the service and sacrifices of all actual veterans, especially since the draft was abolished. The military service of today is an all-volunteer force. I recall seeing comments on social media on the reports of U.S. servicemen being killed, saying that they don't feel sorry for these people because they knew what they were getting into. Well, I bet some of those morons making such comments are putting in for these fake DD Form 214s. I'm sure they don't consider themselves criminals. They think, hey, Why should those guys get free stuff? They were just doing their jobs. I think the stolen valor law should be re-implemented with strict penalties to put a stop to this embarrassing and, in my opinion, criminal act. The music is playing. So, I'm just about to end this very short episode of the OFNT podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at ofntpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. 
I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Well, I can't think of any clever thing to say, so just get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.